Paul Brent and PJ Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon 21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So, we just finished the holiday day that is Memorial Day, and thank you to all our servicemen and women um, for protecting us and doing what you do. Um, but Sunday, golf, back on TV, two weekends in a row. This time, the match. Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady. The quarterbacks were getting their handicapped shots. Um, so if they were to make a par and have a shot on the hole, they'd make birdie to make it fair. Quarterbacks played a different set of tees than the Tiger tees. Um, they're at medalist. And it was a great match. Um, again, started off first hole, Tiger field, both make par. Peyton makes a six. Tom makes a five. Move on to the second. Um, Tiger... Peyton, Phil, all make four. Then first blood comes up. Tiger makes a four. Peyton makes a five. Phil makes six. Tom makes a seven. So Tiger and Peyton go to one up. Next hole, par three. Uh, Peyton knocks it in there, makes a two, moves him to two up. Uh, moving on to five, the hole is halved by Tiger and Phil um, with fives. Moving to the sixth, Peyton makes a three, moving them to three up through six. Now, at this point, if you've been watching, Tiger was was putting on a clinic. He was hitting fairway after fairway, putting himself in position. Um, Mickelson w- was hitting bombs, as he talks about, and we'll go into that in a second, hitting some really good monster drives. Um, Peyton, good contact. Most of his shots were missing left side of the fa- uh, fairway, and then Brady was missing right side of the fairway, so... Polar opposites as we went through there. So we get on the par 5 7th, and, and Tom hits it out to the right and knocks it out and does does his thing. And what was amazing about this, and what I love so much, is the on-course commentators uh, and the broadcasters. Now, at this point, everybody's cart, um, and first of all, I'm going to say they raised over $20 million uh, for COVID. Amazing job with that, guys. Each player had their own specialized cards designed by EasyGo, um, and they were auctioned off and raised money. So Tigers was decked out with a TW, and Phil had his logo of the the jump, and and Brady had his uh, TW or uh, sorry TB, um, and and Peyton's was uh, an American flag, and uh, maybe saw a little bit of Broncos Colts thing um, going on there. But again, so each cart was wired up and they could talk. And just so happened, Tom's struggling along. Um, Hasn't made a par to this point. And Chuck, Charles Barkley, starts giving him a little bit of grief about it. um, That he, Chuck, was going to have to give Tom shots. And Tom hits the shot and wedge shot from 100 yards. And it hits about hole high. Hops up 10 8, 10 feet past the hole, maybe, and then starts to spin back and goes in for the birdie. 
Um, Tiger had already knocked on the green two putts to tie the hole, but that has been the proclaimed shot of the event. It was an amazing shot for Brady. The hole out is so rare on tour anyway, but for Brady carrying a, a, a eight handicap, I think is what they report him as, um, just an absolute, you know, amazing shot. Probably one in a million that it could happen. Um, next hole, um, Peyton knocks it in there. Um, it's about 15 feet. Phil actually knocks it in there about five feet. Peyton's popping, getting a shot. He two putts, makes his three net two. Mickelson makes his to continue on. And the ninth hole is halved. The first nine holes was player on ball with handicaps and, and, and split tees. So then moving to the backside, it became modified alternate shot. And, and so in true alternate shot, a player determines that they play the their tee shot on the odds or the evens, and that's how they'll progress, and their partner will play the opposites, and then they alternate complete shots until the ball is hold. In modified alternate shot, both players will tee off. A selection is made of whose drive they choose to play, and then you alternate from there in. So it could be the pros, could be the quarterbacks as we go through this. And so we step up on the 10th, and they both make fours. And they move to 11th, which is the drivable uh, par four. Um, and Mickelson just absolutely murders, shot up over the trees over the left side, and it hardly moved at all. Lands on the green, rolls up to maybe 15 feet just on the fringe. Um, Tiger and uh, Peyton both had hit pretty good shots there. I think Tiger hit a pretty good wedge in there. He actually played Peyton's ball, and he's probably got 8, 10 feet for birdie. But Brady rolls into eagle. So you start to see the momentum change, and and they even joked, who knew that their best ball score would be higher than their alternate shot? Because that's where the struggle is. So the next hole is halved. The next hole is halved on 13. Uh, On the 14th, uh, Tiger hits a good drive in there. Um, Peyton's shot comes up a little bit short. Uh, I think Tommy hit a good shot here, so Peyton, or um, Phil actually hits a shot up on the green. Um, So they've got a little two-putt action for par. And Tiger hits a really good chip up and over the bunker and rolls into about three or four feet, just that kind of knee-knocker zone. Uh, Mickelson and or Brady had rolled up his putt. It was good, and then Peyton just steps up and misses it. So now it's one up. So through 14, Tiger and, and Peyton are one up. And again, you can kind of see that, you know, it's raining. It's, it's terrible conditions. Wasn't pleasant to... Wouldn't be pleasant to be out there. It was fun to watch because of what was going on, but you kind of felt for the guys out there. Um, 15th was halved um, with fours. 16th with halves with twos. 17th with uh, halved, and then the 18th with halves as well. So Tiger and and Peyton are able to win one up and, and claim the victory. So now in the match series, uh, Tiger and Phil are, are one and one. So we'll definitely have to see the uh, the rubber match going forward. But some of the best commentary, so what I enjoyed most about this, and everybody I've talked to about it, is the tour pros and the commentators being able to chime in and talk to these guys with this technology. And Brooks Kepka was giving it to Brady hard. I mean, he was like, I'll donate $100,000 if you can just make a par. Um, and about that time, Brady holds out for the birdie and then was able to par one coming in. So um, Brooks was to donate um Got over on the par three, uh, number 16, and um, 
Russell Wilson chimes in and, and talks about it. he will give a uh, to his charity um, meals uh, for kids, I believe it is. But he would give a meal, a uh, hundred thousand meals, to every ball that finished inside twelve feet on this par three. Um, and Brady, Mickelson, and Peyton all knock it inside. Tiger was the only one not inside twelve feet. So Russell, you know, again, great sport doing it, but 300,000 meals he gives to the charity to help feed um, the kids there. And that just, it was great seeing that. And I think the PGA Tour should take a note of this and, and do a little bit more and have fun with it. Um, but check out the highlights. Uh, again, some amazing shots. Mickelson hitting bombs. Um, Tiger hitting, I think they said, every fairway out there. Um, so putting on a driving clinic. Um, and, and just giving yourself a lot of good opportunities. We got to see, you know, Peyton plays to about a six handicap. Tom plays about to an eight. And you saw some of the guys that are the best in their sport hit some squarely and, and unnerved shots uh, that you just wouldn't expect a, a player of their caliber to be able to feel that nerves. It kind of lets us all know that we can we can have that. So the match is played. We're seeing golf. PJ Tour will be back on June 11th. Um, We'll see some golf going on then, but let's talk about some things in the volunteer state. Um, Sned's tour got underway this week. They actually played four tournaments in two days so far across the state, and those numbers will keep coming in. But the one I want to flip back to first um, is you can go to snedstour.org to see all this, but they had the corn tea showdown and what this was it was a um an online competition you could play it on xbox or playstation it was the weekend of april 30th through may 3rd um the courses were tpc boston tpc southwind tpc scottsdale tpc sawgrass but you had to play one round uh of each course over the course of that weekend of those days and we had 31 juniors jump online play the game and post and had a just a great turnout and fun with it um again i know how Junior golf is is very dear in Brant's heart, and he does an amazing job with that. So if we go to Harpeth Valley here in the mid uh, Middle Tennessee area, uh, on Tuesday they had 56 players played up, boys and girls of, of age divisions, get um, out there and, and play and, and take advantage of it. And again, I know the staff is, is finally happy to be back out there. Um Cattails in Kingsport area uh, had 78 players uh, tee it up uh, today, actually, uh, on the uh, here on the 27th. Um, Cherokee Valley, uh, just outside of Memphis, had 68 players. Um, and Riverside up in the Old Hickory area had 52 players. So, again, 200-something kids getting the rounds in over the last couple of days, getting out there competing, having some fun, dodging the storms and the rain that we've all seen. But again, got to love it. So check out all that information on snedstour.org, and you can really see what's going on. So now, shifting gears towards the Pro-Am series. We've actually had some tournament over the last couple of weeks. I'm just kind of getting you caught up on that. Nashville is relaunching their Pro-Am series uh, on June 1st. It will be held up at 12 Stone, so jump on the website. Um, you can find that on the Golf House Tennessee. Click on TGA, and you'll find the Play for Fun National Pro-Am Series. Um, Memphis uh, is also playing next week. There will be at Timber Trust. Uh, you can find that information on Golf House Tennessee. 
and then across the bottom, you'll see the Memphis, the Knoxville Tri-Cities, um, and um, Knoxville um, series uh, on there. Talking about Knoxville, so Knoxville's actually played two weeks um, going back to uh, Green Meadows on March 18th. Want to congratulate Walt Chapman on shooting 67, uh, winning the Pro Division. Glenn Hudson shooting 70, Casey Flanagan shooting 72, and Braxton Hunter shooting 73. Fast forward one week, or this past Monday on the holiday, uh, Sevierville. Allie Knight shoots 64, taking it low. Walt Chapman fires another 68, and Glenn Hudson shoots another 71. So Walt and Glenn are playing pretty good up there in Knoxville, y'all, so be careful with that as we get going. Moving over to the Tri-Cities. So Tri-Cities actually got back to playing a little bit uh, back on May 11th. Uh, they were at Warriors Path. Uh, former head professional Mark Hauser shoots 71 to win that one. Chris Stacy shoots 74. Alan Flanagan Ties for third, shooting 76, along with Brian Bentley. Go up to Pine Oaks on 518, so just a little over a week ago. Alan Fennell shoots 68 to win that one. Dylan Jones shoots 71. And then my first Chris Woods, who was on uh, several weeks ago, uh, owner of Golf Amplified there in Kingsport, shoots a 72. So golf is back underway. Um Officially, the, T the TGA had to postpone or cancel the State Open, which was going to be hosted at Greystone this year. Um, but Charlie and the staff out there are launching their own um, G-Stone or G-Rock Open. I've actually seen it called both ways. Um, but it's going to be just like the State Open, three-day event, cut to top 70 after two days. Um, there might still be some entries in that, so call Charlie out at Greystone, see if you want to get in and play in that. But that will be open to amateurs and professionals. Adam Greeno from the Tennessee PNGA has reached out to us and let us know that starting next week, June 1st, the Tennessee Junior PGA Championship will be held starting off the season, uh, followed by the Tennessee Senior State Open at Stonehenge, moving on to the Foothills Invitational in Alcoa, uh, and on to the players finishing off June. So tournaments will be on and as scheduled going forward. So we're back in the golf season, everybody. The weather's nice. It's time to get out there. Um, again, we're a couple of weeks away from PGA relaunching under, um, you know, stipulations, uh, no spectators, so TV coverage only. I don't know. I still think I've heard they're not uh, having caddies yet for the first couple of events, so I think the guys will be toting their own bags like we saw Ricky and all them do um, back for the um, Tedeme Drive uh, for relief. Um, and, and so, again, get out, play golf. I know the golf courses here in Middle Tennessee are starting to open back up. The ones that have been closed are, are open for walking only. The ones that have been limiting carts are now starting to let people ride together again. So everything about safety and precautions, making sure that you're having fun and, and doing things correctly in the right way. Um, so it, it's, it's great to hear. There's a lot of excitement going on with it. Um, I'm getting a lot of, you know, hits on Instagram and, and Twitter talking about tournaments in the Pro-Am. So it was really great this week to kind of have something to talk about. So I've been able to talk golf two weeks in a row um, as far as actual tournament play and not just the the fitting side and, and all the concepts there. But so now diving back into the Instagram and Twitter followers, Stan talks about 
putting routine. As he was watching the match this weekend, he noticed how Tiger um, basically set up behind the ball and you know kind of eyed it down. Mickelson has this routine where he walks around the hole, and he talks about what are the the good and the bad of a putting routine. So Stan, what I tell you that anything, the only thing bad about a routine is doing it just to be doing it and not doing it for the right reasons. Um, I've read and, and worked with a lot of different sports psychologists over the years, um, on my own game as well as with others, uh, and, and kind of getting into it. And we have a lot of people who go through the motions. They do the same things every time, but they don't know why they do it. Maybe they saw somebody on TV do it and they started to mimic it and you know they didn't know why that player was doing it. Um, what I'll talk about a routine is it needs to fit you and your personality. Um, now, I've always been a faster player, uh, and, and I won't say fastest in speed, but quick. My tempo was quick. A friend of mine was a college coach, and uh, he told me he'd love to know me while I was coming out of college because I can't get any quicker. Under pressure, all I can do is the same tempo and pace, and for me, it's what's made me a fairly consistent golfer, never really getting a too high or too low in my score. But when you look at a putting routine, you got to find what's for you. Now, we know that Tiger Woods made the line on the ball very popular. Not saying he invented it, but he was the first one everybody started to notice that was on there. And, and Tiger's one of those guys that he's going to put the line where he wants to send the ball, and he's going to square up his face to that line, and he's going to see that path. And we've seen him make some amazing putts. Um over the years, and then we get into a little bit of a Mickelson. Um, he experiments a lot with putters that don't have lines on them, so he's a complete feel player, and he visualizes the line and again feels one over forty events and countless majors, and nothing's not saying there was anything wrong with his career. Um, but that's fit him. We've seen him hit the flop shots and the amazing again the the drive on the 11th um, at the match this week, just being able to visualize that shot blowing it over the trees and knocking it up there. But you have to find what fits you, Stan. Um, but some basics that I can walk you through to kind of help you with this. And, you know, find your local instructor and and talk to them about it and watch some guys when, when we get back to TV in a couple of weeks. Watch some of the best putters. Go check out the stats of who are the top five putters and try and, YouTube their their putting routines and see what's going on. But what you're going to notice is they're going to read their putt. Now, some are going to do it with Adam Scott um, in the uh, aim point where he uses his feet to measure the slope of the green, and he's going to use his fingers to estimate his spot and go that route. For the analytical player, it's an amazing simplistic system. Um... You're going to take Jim Furyk, and we've seen this. I still joke that he's lining up that putt at the Ryder Cup from uh, 10 years ago. Um, but so him and Fluff used to go through a routine. Was he was over a putt, they would put the ball down. He would set up to it. Fluff would assess as a line. He would come off the shot, reread it, step back up. Fluff would step out, and then he'd roll the putt getting the only player to break 60 twice on the PGA Tour, so I'm not saying it's a terrible routine. It just has to fit your personality. Um, so Stan, what I'd recommend, and when I started working routines to myself, I, I went to the tour. I started watching the players I wanted to be like um, and noticing some things they did, and, and I didn't want to copy. I didn't want to just be doing it because they did it. 
I would take just a sheet of paper or a little notebook and I would write something down and I'd act it out. And if I liked it, I'd keep it. And if I didn't, I'd scratch it out. And so after going through this and finding just these, you know, uh, whether it's a one, two, three, or it's, uh, five steps or, or whatever you decide on, once you finalize that, practice doing it the same way every time. I know Dr. Bob Rotella talks about in Putting Out of Your Mind uh, when he worked with Davis Love III. They went through and he tells the whole story about Davis not trusting his touch and his feel and they watched some basketball and, and Davis went to North Carolina so him and Jordan were buddies and they watched how the guys took the ball from the, the refs and shot their free throws and, and even Larry Bird shooting some shots and just talked about how they each had their own rhythm and they were all great shooters but they didn't do anything exactly the same but they did several things similar. And so Davis kind of put this in, into fact. If you go watch Davis putt today on the practice screen, he only takes one ball. He sets up, he rolls the putt. If he makes it, he picks it on the spot and goes again. If he misses it, he finishes the hole and he picks it on the spot and goes again. So he only practices with one ball. He's not going to be the guy that drops two or three balls and rolls from the same position. Um, so Stan, start watching some of these guys on tour. Help find your own routine. Um, but again, the things you're going to need to be is just... Are you a spot putter? Are you a line putter? You know, are you a field putter? Are you an analytical guy? Um, and just watch some of these tour pros and figure out what's good for you. Um, but again, the, the things I can recommend is find your rhythm, find your stroke length, and find your spot or, or the, the, the line and send it. Don't overthink it. Don't look for the routines for reasons to miss it. Um, but the routine is something you go back to to get yourself in the best place to hit the shot. So, Stan, hope that helps. Um, like I said, reach out to your local PGA professional, take some putting lessons. Um, there's all kinds of information online that can help you with this as well. But I always like having somebody as a sounding board when I'm going through a thought change or a swing change just to make it make sense. So our next question um, comes from Jim, and this one's kind of quick to my heart or true to my heart, as I mentioned earlier. But... Jim talks about he's got recently he's been playing a lot with um, the opportunity to work from home and getting things done early. He can sneak out and play some holes um, during the week. And he's playing really good on the front. And then all of a sudden his swing starts to fall apart and he doesn't score as well as the back. And one of his um, playing partners said, you know, you're just getting quick with his swing. And he kind of wanted to know what that meant and, and how to stop it. So, Jim, again, coming from a player who's always had a quicker tempo, um, I was very comparable to Jose Mariela Fable and Nick Price in tempo, not in playing ability. Don't take that the wrong way. Um, but I've always had a fast slashing swing. My, my dad joked around and called me Zorro for a long time um, just because my, my, the tempo was so quick. But what happens in most places, the getting quick is you're rushing the shot. Either you're scared of it and you're trying to get it over with or you've put yourself in a position that you're playing a little bit better like you mentioned you played pretty well in the front nine and you weren't finishing it and so now you start swinging a little bit harder trying to rush the shot again trying to maybe get it into the house or something like that without seeing I can't really tell but these are kind of the things that we tend to see and in most cases what happens when you get quick is you don't complete your backswing you start to rush the downswing before you finished your turn, and your timing gets really off. Um, and, and so in most cases, if you just worked on making some longer 
back swings, just getting yourself back to a normal position. Um, something really easy to do on the golf course. If all of a sudden you start to feel the nerves or, or the anxiety come in and, and the shots start going a little off, on the next swing, just make a slower tempoed swing. Um, try to make a longer backswing and just let it happen. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a Band-Aid, and I'll talk about that a lot with my students. The Band-Aid is just something to get you in, get you off the golf course so you can get to the range and try and figure it out. Um, but again, that, that quick feeling is normally nerves or anxiety kicking in because either you're you're scared that you're going to you're going to mess up or again the nerves have kicked in because you're actually playing good and you'd like to finish it and you start to put a little bit of pressure on yourself um i know nick faldo used to talk a lot in his setup um he has like a one two three step program um where you take three steps to step into the ball and then one would start his takeaway two would start his downswing and three would be impact so again just getting that mantra of one two three in your mind um, i know i've worked with some students on that before where we're actually got a metronome out and found their rhythm and their speed and just had them hit shots to that. Um, you've heard people talk about over the years as smooth as Ernie L's swing was, and they would actually copy his tempo as Ernie L's, um, just kind of a three-syllable count. Ernie, or Ern was his, the backswing, knee was the downswing, and L's was the impact and the follow-through. So again, kind of going like one, two, three. So, Jim, next time you start to get a little quirky and, and the shots are squeaking off, just slow down, take a deep breath, and just make what you feel like a 75 or 80% swing. Um, it'll help you hit some straighter shots, get you back to the house, and then go to the range and work on it to make that your new norm. Um, in most cases, you won't lose any distance at all because you're hitting the ball in the middle of the face uh, more often. Well, everyone, I'm going to let you get back to it. Um, we got a lot of golf to try and get played over the next couple of weeks to make up for lost time. But again, this is Paul Brandon, PJ Professional, here on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and raise on iTunes. You can also find us on Spotify, uh, Go Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com or at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me and aggravate me on Instagram at pbrandon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. Get out, play some golf, have fun. Let's recoup this year and we're making the turn. We've come off a, a, a kind of a bad front nine, and but we still got the back nine to go. And always think about Tiger's first major. Shoots 40, 30, 10-shot turnaround so we can always get it done. All right, y'all, have fun. <laughs>